So an idea I started playing with a while back was what if there was no such thing as small talk? And I did it as an effort to try to engage more with just people in general. I, at a a time in my life, was very much the type of person (laughs) that had made uh, not being cool with small talk my entire personality i was like i'm just i can't stand small talk i'm just uh like say something real man like (laughs) i was i was ridiculous but i I wholeheartedly kind of felt a type of way about it and i uh i do all kinds of weird things to try to like not do that but i think at one point i started to become curious and i was like you know like what if what if there was no such thing as small talk? What, what world is that? What, what does that look like? And, you know, something that came up almost immediately was in order to continue small talk, I had to play the game. Like small talk takes two people. It takes two to tangle, right? You, somebody knocks the ball over. You got to like small talk that ball back to a certain extent. And, uh... I noticed that when I kind of didn't, that a a lot of possibilities happened right there. And before I get into all of that, I do want to kind of clarify. uh, The first thing I did was not this. (laughs) What I'm pointing to is, is kind of beginning to genuinely become curious about somebody beyond the sort of surface level interaction. What I did at first, though, was uh, sort of shoehorn in some method of uh, <laughs> perceived non-small talk into the situation and kind of force that on somebody. They're like, hey, man, what's up? I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh, man, I'm good. I'm just, you know, out here, you know, having a coffee. And I'm like, cool, tell me your greatest fear. Like that type of weird shit. Everybody knows that person. This is also a phase, mind you, when you look at the sort of stages of human development. It's usually what happens when we discover that we have an option a lot of the time what happened for for most of us is we we didn't even really well know or notice just how prevalent our obsessive small talkingness was and once we we noticed it and formed an opinion about it we got new information we're like okay i'm not the small talk person now i'm gonna make sure that no small talk is happening i'm that's my responsibility i'm that person <laughs> I'm gonna take care of it, right? Like, ain't no small talk happening on my watch. Don't do that. I did that. It's not it, because you you just kind of in a conversation with yourself, and uh, which actually brings me to what I wanted to point out, right? It takes two to tango, uh, and so not sort of hitting that volley back. For me, what that looked like was not 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 engaging with what they said, but just taking time to really. Be with that person in that moment. Just slow down in that moment, which is not always feasible. Some people are deeply sort of confused by this. But I I noticed that more often than not, when somebody offered something and I took it, took it in and responded with interest genuine interest about them about whatever it is they said there there's there's a switch that tends to happen there's a space that's sort of 
created. And, and it led to another thing, which is a lot of the time, what small talk is, is a means of sort of soothing our own anxieties. I don't know what to say in this social situation, but I've got this in my back pocket. So at least we got this going. I love the <laughs> SNL sketches of like, I mean, that's, that's com- pure comedy when they're just, I think it was a recent one where they were talking about like the conversations that people had about COVID were all identical. There were these sort of small talk contracts. It was a very, you know, it was a powerful shared experience that we all kind of have in various ways. But I think it's just, it's it's hilarious <laughs> how a lot of the the conversations that we're having are just these very similar back and forths but it is a way to really just soothe that that anxious kind of bone and so i think a lot of people's distrust of that comes from you know just the general banality of it but also it's almost a sort of reinforcement of your own anxieties <laughs> It's like you're locking that shit. You're in even more. It's like, I just got out of the okay. I don't want to say whatever I pop. Like, it's antithetical to trust. Something that one of my acting coaches says all the time is like, when you're outside of the, the audition room, it's time to trust. It's not time to be obsessing about your lines, trying to make sure you know them. Because, you know, first of all, you're not about to have like a breakthrough in the hallway. And, and second, you are essentially training your brain that something's wrong. And I don't know something. I can't trust this situation, right? When you're obsessing over trying to get it exactly right, say the exact right thing in the audition and in life, it, it creates a sort of a, a cognitive loop that you're not enough, right? I, I can't trust this. I'm not in a state of trust. I'm not in a state of, yes, a state of trust conversationally looks like genuinely listening and trusting that you'll know what to say and when to say it precisely when you need to. And I get it. We all have so many sort of past situations that this communication thing didn't work out for us when you didn't play the game. Right. When some of you said somebody said, how are you doing? And you stop to think and they're like, well, you stop to think. So what's going on? And we're like, well, I don't want to I don't want to involve myself in this situation again. Right. Where this person thinks I'm weird or they're trying to put something on me. Uh, I, I just I'm just going to play the game. I'm just going to be, you know, how you doing? Great. Fine. Thanks. How are you? This isn't prescriptive what I'm pointing to. And it's not, uh, it's not necessarily going to be this thing that's like, oh, you know, as long as I'm, you know, really present, then it's, it's going to work out. But you find that, at least in my experience, I'll speak for myself, a lot of the time, if I didn't balk at that, I'm not sure if balk is the right word, but if I didn't sort of lose faith in myself because you know, somebody called me out on not following the sort of social norm of that situation. If I didn't go into fight or flight in that moment, it's not usually the first one, right? We're usually got, we got nuts for that first, like (laughs) that first situation where we could be like, yo, uh, how you doing? I'm going to stop and I'm going to pause. I'm going to listen because I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't want to be a small talk person, right? We're, we usually got nuts for that one, but it's usually that second one where somebody's like, whoa, hey, I noticed you didn't do the thing that you were supposed to do here. Why not? You're weird. You're bad. Being able to remain calm and curious in that space, that's the real test. Because you're essentially, you, you've triggered something in them. They're reactive now. They're, they, they're like, whoa, hold up now. We're supposed to be doing a thing. You're not doing a thing. When your energy isn't, well, I guess I'm a shitty person and I'm wrong and I'm bad and this person is dumb because all they want to do is small talk. When that's not your reaction, instead you still present with this person, settle into a response. I was thinking about what she said. I was trying to take that um, seriously. I was trying to to provide you maybe with more context. I was in my head. When we embrace the sort of vulnerability of that moment, almost every time for me, there's a switch on that person. They're like, oh man, yeah. Either I do that too, or, you know, I never thought about that. This is a gross oversimplification and not prescriptive, but I've seen it happen so many times. I think when we're present with people, we're, we're really there, we're vulnerable, it counteracts that sort of anxious thing. It's like this person is okay in this situation. I don't have to be afraid to, to be. And you're really present with somebody and you're just listening, not trying to understand or respond, just listening. Trusting that you will understand. Trusting that you will know what to say when you need to say it. When that energy is the one that dominates that space conversationally, I mean, you have the best conversations of your life, right? When other people feel like they have space to be themselves, that's going to co-regulate you. You're going to also feel like you have the space to be yourself and there's a sort of Venn diagram thing happening right there's a relationship that's formed beyond that surface level thing but I found that in order to kind of springboard this I had to remove myself from this state of judgment of this person from the state of judgment that this person was wrong because they were engaging in this social ritual this that um I'm not going to know what to say, <laughs> right? When I'm setting those fears aside and I'm, I'm trusting, we just open ourselves up to possibilities. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll figure it out. And look, hey, man, sometimes, you know, it just ain't that deep. I think being open and vulnerable also allows you to... <laughs> See the situation with a bit more clarity. And sometimes if people would like to dive as deep as a kiddie pool in any particular interaction, that is fine. I don't need you to do a thing so that I have permission to be. I don't need you to do a thing. I'm going to be present. That's enough. 
The idea of being a person who doesn't do small talk is can be the equivalent of sort of pressing your ideology onto somebody else. I think the correct way to be is a person who doesn't engage in small talk. This already places you in a state of judgment and disconnection from this person. There's no such thing as small talk. I don't know who this person is. I don't know. what they mean, what they're afraid of. I don't know, I don't know becomes the whole thing. It's not as solid for you, man. And it's sometimes easier to retreat into an idea of moral superiority because you don't do small talk or just sort of disconnect from yourself altogether because you can't figure out how to... A lot of the time I find that I'm trying to figure out how to like fix the small talk thing. And it's like, ah, that's the the weird way to go about it. I don't know. But I'm curious. When you're interested in people, you become more interesting. You shouldn't be interested because that makes you more interesting. But all I'm saying is when you're interested, genuinely interested, that conversation is going to be take a completely different turn because the aspects that you ask them about themselves are going to be things that you're actually passionate about. Which, when you're asking somebody about themselves in an area that you're passionate about, that they also maybe have never thought of that particular aspect of themselves in that way, but now your passion is infectious and they're curious about it, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. I think for me, just the the release of the pressure to, to get it right, to get conversation right, <laughs> was just a weight lifted off my shoulders. Sometimes I'm going to be awkward. A lot of the times I'm going to be weird. I'm going to say things I didn't mean. <laughs> They're not going to be interpreted the way I would like them to be. And that's okay. That's okay. Not everybody's going to like you. That's okay. All right, I'm going to stop saying bumper stickers. Thanks for rocking with me. Have a wonderful day. No small talk. Bitch, I'm making calls. Oh, that's a childish Gambino song, man. It's been in my head literally for three days. (sighs) No small talk, childish Gambino. Know yourself.